two of the most anticipated use cases for blockchain technology have revolved around the entertainment industry. Both the music and film industries have suffered greatly due to the COVID-19 shutdowns, and the field is ripe for disruption. Today, we welcome two such disruptors to the show to discuss how they intend to revolutionize music and film through blockchain and NFTs. Let's face it, we're not rock stars, but we can spell real good. So welcome to a very entertaining episode number 507 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one, two, Who's bad? We said it's going to be entertaining, and we like to deliver on what we say. Welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast. Joel Common, Travis Wright here to entertain, delight, and inform you. This right here is extra entertaining, this episode right here. Not because we're entertaining, but because the show is all about entertainment and uh, NFTainment. All kinds of stuff going on today with this episode, folks. Oh, boy. Wait till you guys hear what's coming. Uh, Full disclosure, both of the projects that we're speaking with today, we are working directly with as advisors. And uh, we located them out there. We got asked to join one. We were like, are you kidding? We get to work with this? We're in. And then the other one, um, we got we heard from a PR company about it. And we get from PR companies all the time. And I went and I looked at it. And I'm like, dude, this is awesome. And we had a conversation and they wanted to work with us. And so uh, we're going to present them to you. And you guys, as always, do your own due diligence. But we like to fully disclose all of our partnerships, which includes our sponsor and friends at Animoca. And they're working to revolutionize the game industry, more entertainment. Huge hits such as F1 Delta Time, The Sandbox, Crazy Defense Heroes, and tons of others in the works. If you're a gamer or just interested in knowing what Animoca Brands is up to, you can go check them out. It's really easy. Just go to the web browser of your choice. Hopefully not Google Chrome because Google hates you and is spying on you. I like to use the Brave browser, and I don't like to use the Google search engine. I like to use DuckDuckGo, and using those safer tools that uh, you can check it out at animocabrands.com. Yeah, big fans of Animoca. I tell you what, it seems to me that everything that Animoca touches thus far has turned into gold. I've said that before, and there's a reason for it, because Yatsu and the team over there are kicking serious butt. Now, here's another project coming up, folks. This interview here is another project that we think is just going to totally disrupt an industry. Which industry? The music royalty industry. And we're not talking about music royalty like John Lennon and Sir Paul McCartney. We're talking about the music royalties that happen every time a song is played or performed or quoted or written about, right? This right here, folks, this interview with Noble Dracone, you're going to want to tune in for. If you set the Wayback Machine to 2017, Travis and I have been talking about music and blockchain for quite some time. And it's one of the use cases that we like to bring to the forefront of tokenizing assets. 
And today we are really thrilled to have with us Noble Dracone. You may have heard his counterpart, Barnaby Anderson, on the Nifty Show talking about the bandroyalty.com site. And we're going to talk all about music today. We're going to talk a little bit about band. Who knows where this conversation is going to go? Noble, welcome to Bad Crypto. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Always happy to be here. Yeah, man. Let's uh, give a quick background here. You are a uh, music royalty investor and you've done this for decades. You also make mobile games. You've got a development studio. You've been in, in the investment industry, gold futures, treasury bond strips. I don't even know what the hell that is, but you've authored uh, several books, including Winning the Trading Game and Trade Like a Pro. Uh, you're a commentator on television shows, a talking head. You're, you're a talking head here today as well, as are we. We're all talking heads. Awesome. I think I'm talking voice, but it's okay. That's okay. Well, it's coming out of your head, though, right? <laughs> Although for so. some people, there's no video of this, so there's no evidence of us talking heads. Exactly. I mean, sometimes we talk out of our asses, so you know. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> talking butts on this show too. Anyway, before it goes too far off the rails, uh, what else should people know about you and your background, especially as it is uh, related to crypto and blockchain? You know what? It, it, my background. I started off homeless when I, you know, this whole journey. I, I left home when I was 17. And I, everything that I've done, you know, people say, oh, you have such an eclectic background and it all kind of dovetails. You know, I remember reading in Wired the first article about Bitcoin and I was enamored, man. I was like, this is going to be the wave of the future. And I remember the first Bitcoin I bought, it was like doing a drug deal. I had to go through this list of different people who might have it. And then you're worried about who's going to sell it to you. And, and, you know, at the time, you didn't know if you're violating money changing laws or whatever. And so you didn't know if you're going to get stung like that one guy did. So it, it was a pretty harrowing experience. But I got my first 10 Bitcoin. Uh, and at the time, I was a, an active trader and I, and I thought I was super brilliant. You know, I bought some Bitcoin. And the moment Bitcoin hit 1800 bucks my bias kicked in. I'm like, there's no way that Bitcoin is worth more than gold. And so I just sold my first 10 Bitcoin. I made 12, you know, what is it? Uh, easy 12,000 bucks. But at the end of the day, you know, look at where it's gone since then. So, I've, you know, I've been involved in mining post and, and et cetera. But the biggest thing that we did was last year uh, jumping into NFTs. So it's, uh, uh, you know, I've just been in the space for a long time. It is a fun space to be in. And, and so, as you mentioned, as Joel mentioned, you, you know, what, a decade ago or so, you started getting into music royalties? Yeah, it's a funny story. It, it, well, it's a, okay, it's a not so funny story, but it's is, a funny is it story. funny haha or funny peculiar? Because I need to be funny prepared. peculiar. All it's right. a funny peculiar with a haha moment. All right. And so, so I, you know, I, I, I hadn't seen my cousin. So I was in the investment industry and I hadn't seen my cousin. This is like late 90s, uh, 98, 99. I hadn't seen my cousin for some time. And uh, I randomly saw him on the street one day and he had just stopped, uh, you know, being into gangs. He was, you know, as a gangbanger our, our whole lives. He just stopped being the gangs. You'd seen too many friends pass and the like. And we ran into each other in the street and he said he wanted to start a record label. And he knew a guy who could get us a deal with uh, uh, Universal. And uh, I said, sure, great. Call your guy up the like. Well, the morning he calls a guy, an old acquaintance, I guess, enemy ends up shooting him seven times oh, and he, he survives, which is great. Uh, but, you know, we end up starting a, a music label uh, called uh, Rough Diamond Entertainment. And unfortunately, that year, 
there's two interesting stories to that. Unfortunately, that when year, does this get funny? You said this was funny. I know, I know. It's just, it's, it'll get funny. Okay. Uh, well, it's a, it's a little peculiar. <laughs> I mean, a dude gets shot. Yeah, yeah, shot. I was like, that's died. not funny. Well, he almost died, but. As it, but when we started, <laughs> oh, that's hilarious! Oh man, you, you're slaying when, them right now. Got, no, I'm just saying that. But it was interesting because we started the label. We got, you know, unfortunately, Biggie passes away, and we get shelled. Now, the person who got us the deal was Joe Isgro uh, of the Gambino crime family. Great guy, and he uh, is the one who introduced me uh, and a gentleman by the name of Forrest into lending money on music royalties and buying music royalties because artists just didn't have a way out. And that was my first foray into uh, doing it because we got shelled. We couldn't put out our albums. We had, you know, recorded two albums. We had a press and, de- press and distribution deal and nobody wanted to touch West Coast music. But because of that incident, ha ha ha, I'm here today. So we, uh, so it just uh, evolved from that. And we started, buy- I started buying music and tapping into that space and I found out quickly that most artists are kind of screwed over by by the industry. And it's not in, maybe it's not intentional. Maybe it's by design. Who knows? But, uh, you know, when you first record an album, it could take up to nine months before you get your first check in any kind of royalty fashion. And it became quickly apparent why people like TLC went bankrupt, even though they had multi-platinum albums, uh, why Tupac was in hawk to Death Row Records for the million dollar advance they gave them. Because these guys are always stuck receiving their money months and months after the fact. And they they need people, you know, their bills come monthly, like all of us. Well, it's not just that, right? I mean, you've got so many hands in the till when it comes to the entertainment industry, whether it's, you know, film, television, or music. Now, you know, so you've got the artist and everybody mm-hmm. that's involved, whether they're the songwriter or a musician, you know, if they're in a band, it gets split up a bunch of ways. I, I never know how those that are in, you know, large bands manage to do it because like, hey, hey, mate, we need to kick out Richie over there because <laughs> he's taking a piece of the pie and he's not carrying his weight. Get him out of here. Go give him some cocaine. No, uh, <laughs> then you've got, you know, the managers, you've got the producers, mm-hmm. you've got the labels. I mean, who else am I missing? Oh, you've got all distribution points, right? You know, all the distribution points, the people who go collect the money on your behalf, get a little bit of piece of grift, right? So there, there's grift all along the cycle. And it's, it's a bizarre thing because, you know, you remember the big fight? when McCartney was trying to put his name ahead of Lennon as the writer of the songs. Yep. That's really, that stuff is key because that lets you know what percentage of the writer's royalties you get. So there's like about four major royalties. I, I just want to say that th- that doesn't work though. McCartney and Lennon, it just doesn't roll off the tongue, it doesn't. right? For, it doesn't. for, for no other reason than phonetically in the way it sounds, Lennon and McCartney, it just, it just sounds well, that, That's better. why he did it posthumously, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's a posthumous event because, you know, he, whatever the case may be, it just made more sense because Lenny. Well, whenever McCartney wrote this song, he should have been McCartney Lennon. It, it should have done it that way. But we don't know. Right. So, and, that, and that's mm-hmm. what happens in the room. Right. At the time when when people write these songs, they're they're vying for title and then they're also vying for percentage of the royalties. And it's important when people are picking where they get their royalties and how the royalties are split. So, yeah, there's four types of royalties. OK. There's mechanical, there's publishing, there's uh, synchronization royalties and performance royalties. 
And those are the key royalties that everybody gets. That's the, the, the core of it. So you've got all these different kinds of royalties. It sounds confusing to me. You've got these musicians out there and they're like, I just want to make music bloke. And I don't want Richie in the band no more. How do I, how do I make money doing this? Spotify don't pay me shite. Oh man. Talk about Spotify, but you're right. There's almost no way. So there's people who make a lot of money in music. We can't deny. Uh, but those are the guys who really understand the business side of music. And one of the things they do is they, they just put themselves on a lot of tracks. Timbaland, which is a huge producer, will be on a lot of tracks. You have people who do constant collaborations. You have people with writer's credits. They really start understanding the business of music is the royalty game. It's great to be on TV, but the reason why you're on TV is because you get performance royalties for that, right? You, you, you start really focusing on how to maximize your royalty impact. And the industry is really focused on creating these 360 deals where they get a piece of everybody's action because they know what the royalty situation is. And, and that's why I really look at crypto as a way to kind of level the playing field. When you have someone like Pharrell who streams his music and ends up 43 million streams and gets like a $2,000 check, something's broken. So that is, that is insane. Yeah, we've talked about some of those numbers before. I think whenever it was Joel mentioned back in the day when we've chatted with different people who are trying to figure out the percentage points of contracts on music. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I mean, 43 million streams and you're getting two grand like that, 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 that doesn't put any, that doesn't put any food on your table. No. And, and so it's, it seems to me that there are a lot of pieces of this, uh, a lot of piece of this that's completely broken. And so, you're doing something totally different. You are, I think from our conversations that this could totally maybe revolutionize the way that royalties are done for music. This seems very disruptive. And you want to maybe talk about how you're doing the, the, the NFT uh, mm -hmm. for band, and then maybe even some of the future roadmap of where we're headed on this, because it seems like to me, this could really shake some things up. Yeah. You know, that's the goal. And it's always been the goal. When you look at how the music industry is, and, and, and listen, Joel hit the nail on the head, between the artists and the consumer, there's like 50 different fingers in the pot. Why don't we start shrinking that? And part of that is getting the fans to understand what music royalties are. When the fans understand what music royalties are, and then they can support directly the advances that the corporations have been giving, then there's a direct relationship and correlation between the people who make the music and the fans who love the music. And now you start to bit by bit eliminate the middleman. And that was the idea behind the band royalty NFT. If we can get the fans to start supporting the royalty component of it by owning a band NFT and then being able to understand and stake that band NFT later on in any kind of music royalty pool, their education makes it easier for artists to come straight to them whenever they need advances. And that becomes a whole new paradigm shift. You're not going to big corporate to do it, who you know is going to uh, take your royalties or overcharge you or whatever the case may be. At the end of the day, you're dealing with your fans and nobody loves the artists more than their fans. And this is setting the stage for a longer roadmap of really interacting and getting that fan to consumer uh, band and consumer to artists base going. 
we like this. In fact, we like this a lot. We love this. We love this so much. We want to marry it. That's I mean, it's it's such a great <laughs> idea that when you and Barnaby told Travis and myself about it, we're like, dang, how can we help? This is this is super cool. And we'll go in details a little bit more about how it works. But you guys can go to bandroyalty.com. And when you do scroll down to the bottom, you'll see our smiling faces because, you know, we're all about full disclosure. Travis and I signed on as advisors for marketing and social about this project. You know, we don't know anything about finance. We're not financial advisors. Do your own research, you know, where that's concerned. But we really like this project and we are officially part of it. Um, the, there's a lot of projects we bring on that we're not a part of, but we're really excited that we get to be a part of this. So let's um, let's kind of play follow the bouncing ball. When people go to bandroyalty.com, there's, there's several moving parts here. So exactly how does it work? Yeah. So <clears throat> when we, when we created it, we had to educate people on what the royalties were. And most people didn't understand that there is at least four core royalty aspects. And so what we did was we broke it down that once you buy the NFT, you don't automatically own any of the royalties. It's like your ticket to get access to the royalties. And that was an important point. Some people are, are buying NFTs just for NFT's sake, and we're not going to take that away from anyone. They can trade them. They can sell them. They can do whatever they want with them. Uh, and we made it limited to say, okay, there's 3,000 banned NFTs to start with. And those 3,000, once you get this first series is done, they're done. But now you have access. Now, we don't promise returns because we can't. We don't know how many spins the music is going to do. We don't know uh, how much people paid for their NFT. But what we did say is, look, 50% of all the royalties that we collect are going to be placed back into one of the three royalty pools that we've set up. And that's a big thing. 50% of whatever the income is. So if you're one guy and you place the NFT, the, the band NFT in the staking and no one else did, you get all 50%. We, we just go ahead and allocate it to the royalties. And that was a key component of how we devised this. We wanted people to get income, create an intrinsic value in the opportunity of the NFT, but at the same time, give you the flexibility to stake or not stake and not fill the beholden to the staking mechanism, but still see how income is generated for your favorite artists. So we, we, we pulled, I think we pulled some decent artists into this project uh, as far as the performance roles we put on. And we've got a lot more artists that we have uh, that we're acquiring royalties from that we're going to put into this in this whole package. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about some artists on this thing like Beyonce, Jay-Z, Justin Timberlake, Cher, Will I Am, Timberland, Drake, Missy Elliott. Like, these are just a few. <laughs> I mean, like, uh, you're looking at some of these videos like Justin Timberlake's Mirrors, this song. This has 827 million views on YouTube. Like he's got, there's another one's got 500,000 view, 500 million views on YouTube. This is ridiculous amount of, yep. of, of views. And so, so tell us what is the difference between uh, the different types of royalty? You said this is a, these are performance royalty catalog, which Correct. means wherever these are, are, are played on radio or whatever, radio, or played, wherever they played on TV, or, radio, internet, and, and that's one thing I also want to make a distinction. None of those artists are signed. We don't have a label that those artists are signed to, but, we, but we'll talk about that in a moment. So none of those artists are signed with us. We actually own the writer's share of the performance royalties that these songs make. And also the original writer of the song sold, sold those rights. Correct. 
And so when we got the rights, whoever performed them. So the cool part is if uh, the mirrors is sung by uh, Dolly Parton or someone else, we would generate income because that's part of the performance royalties that we own. So, uh, oh, so that, that reminds me of that one story, like of Dolly Parton, she wrote that song. Yeah. I will always love you. And then Whitney Houston sang that song yep. and made a, a ton of money from it. And then Dolly Parton, basically, since she was the writer, she made all those performance royalties from that because she was the creator of that song, right? Yeah, absolutely. She, in fact, she said it before that she built Dollywood literally off of Whitney Houston performing that song. Wow. And that's, and that's how it goes that if you get, and, and there's, there's like so many slices to get back to what Joel said earlier, there's part of the royalty that went to uh, Whitney Houston because she was actually the singer of the song. And then the writer got part of the royalties because she was actually the writer of the song. And so when you have, I mean, we've got stuff in our, in our catalog uh, in the performance royalty catalog where songs have been written by Snoop Dogg and those are on the website because there's no videos made, but the songs themselves play and are performed. We've got uh, songs from Jay-Z that Jay-Z wrote that are not performed by him, but are co-written by him. And that's why I go back to say that the artists in the industry start understanding the business of music and they start realizing that they've got to produce and put stuff out. And so we own performance royalties for every single one of those songs that are on there. And as we add more to the catalog and if it's performed, we'll be putting more stuff out. Uh, but then there's also mechanical rights. When every time something is printed or created or, or uh, played on streaming that may not have a video, those are rights we can snatch up that we're buying. Uh, we've got rights that are playing in commercials that we're talking to now that are playing in Nike commercials and car commercials that you've never heard of the artist or the producer, but it's constantly being what's called synchronized to television and the like, and we're generating income. So this industry is so vast that it's, it's, it's like a, a secret that you can actually go out and get these royalties and pick them up. And most people don't know. I mean, if, if I didn't have 20 years of experience in this industry, I, I wouldn't know where to buy them, but I've been bit by bit learning and tapping into it. And now we're sharing it with uh, crypto investors all over the world. Well, and here's what's really, this is like, this is what pluses it for me. When you look at the site, you'll see these gorgeous NFTs. I mean, they are just absolutely stunning. So how are you combining this, you know, music royalty system with the NFTs that can be staked and this original artwork? Yeah, we, you know, as you know, we're, we're a game development company, so I can't do anything uh, halfway or half-assed, to be honest. So the NFTs had to have value, guys. And, they had, and we all know you guys killed it with Blockchain Heroes. Full disclosure, you, you guys have been working and talking with me since last year, so, you know, two, 2000, uh, middle of 2020, when we first started talking about uh, NFTs. And we loved how you guys did your artwork. And so when we decided to create it, we wanted the NFTs to be an art piece in and of themselves, that they had value. And we wanted to really promote inclusion, diversity, diverse music, diverse people. And the, and, and the NFTs are a statement to that. If you never stake them, whatever the value that you could potentially get out of the NFT, and you know, again, we can't get financial advice, the NFTs will have value in and of themselves because we curate it. <clears throat> we curated special art for that. We wanted it to look good. Um, and then if you decide to stake with us, you can stake between 90 days to five years and you'll get more, of course, you'll get more of uh, the royalties over time if you stake for five years. But when you stake it with us, 
you just get whatever the income is at that time for the royalty pool that exists based on your percentage. So it's a real simple mechanism. If you decide to get out of the staking, you can. Staking doesn't give you ownership in the music, but what it does is it gets you participation in the income. Uh, right now, we've got a couple of talks with Prime Trust. We're seeing if we can pull them on board to be the custodian of those royalties that'll distribute it for us. So we're creating a lot of mechanisms to put it in place. Uh, so the staking really won't happen until most likely June, July, uh, once we figure out exactly how to do it properly so everyone's well protected. And more importantly, it's, it's just a unique way to learn about the industry. And if we do this right and people really get on board, we already have a deal with Sony Orchard to have our own record label, which means that people can take their masters and bring them over to us and be a part of our ecosystem. And that's going to be a huge transition because if you're an artist and you're somewhere where you don't feel like you're getting everything you need uh, and you're not directly connected to your fans and you're not able to tap into your royalties, they'll be able to come straight to us and we'll probably end up creating a fourth royalty pool, the master's royalty pool, which will also be exciting to get people directly connected to their favorite artists. It's so exciting stuff here. Now I'm actually, I'm looking at the uh, scrolling down to the, near the bottom of the page where it says the band NFT 2021 roadmap. And it says right here, May going to launch the first NFT series. That's going to be on May 5th. And then it says June launch band token sales. So it sounds like there's going to be a token <laughs> down the road. potentially. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's like a, it's an open secret, right? Uh, we, we put it on there. We're talking to the uh, token now is, a, is our first uh, la exchange launch. And the band token is going to end up having multifunction, you know, and just just uh, full disclosure, anybody who has one of the NFTs are going to get end up getting airdropped uh, some band tokens. We don't know the exact amount yet, but they mm. will get airdropped some band tokens. And the band tokens are going to be a way to, number one, get access to more royalties. Number two, give artists more access to their royalty income instantaneously by being able to exchange part or all of their royalties in exchange for uh, band tokens. And then <clears throat> create a bunch of other mechanisms where it'll make it easier for the music industry and the fans to start interacting, utilizing the band token. So we're excited. We're in the middle of finishing up the, the light paper and then the white paper, and we'll be showing how the tokenomics flows, but we're very excited uh, at that phase. So all of it predicates, though, based on the NFT ecosystem and really getting people to become fans of it. And eventually we'll end up with, you know, following hash mask and crypto punks. Eventually, once this whole cycle runs, there'll be a about a total of 12,000 banned NFTs, and that's it. There'll never be any more after that. Mm. I love it. It's, it's exciting. Listen, you know, the music industry, you know, people keep talking about artists, and I love painting. I love drawing. I've done it ever since I was a kid. I'm a big comic book nerd. But it seems like one of the lowest hanging fruits is music. You have right now uh, BMG, Sony, spending hundreds of millions of dollars acquiring catalogs from artists from back in the day to fill their their coffers. But average people are still missing out on all these billions and we're the ones creating it. We're the ones listening to music. We're the ones watching it. And yet we have no access to being in the room. So we hope Band Royalty does that, gives people access to something that they already actively participate in.
I find it so interesting how what we've learned in our past, you know, the skills that we've honed and the knowledge we've acquired can lead us to do something, you know, extra special, great in the future. And I feel like, you know, what you've learned here, it's, it's this beautiful intersection of understanding music royalties and crypto and NFTs. And so the, uh, the sale is actually happening on the website at bandroyalty.com. Uh, what's the day we're going live with this? So the day live day is May 5th. That's a great day. That is the best day of the year. Uh, yeah, I heard some might be might be somebody's birthday. So Cinco de Mayo. There's a huge celebration um, all over the place for me on because yeah. it's my birthday. You guys are doing something really interesting here. It's a bonding curve. And we've seen this done with um, a bunch of Ethereum based NFTs that are selling nothing more than nfts right i love that this has substance behind it and so this first wave people can see on the website there's three thousand but there's different nfts to go along with each wave and the further the longer the sale goes on the price increases in order to purchase a band nft but the scarcity of that particular nft is, is also greater yeah, you know that that we thought that was really key, and that's why we kind of broke it down into multiple, you know, vinyl, gold, platinum, diamond, double diamond, because the scarcity factor we really wanted to hone in that people have to understand. There's only three thousand of them. We're we're not printing a million. This is not going to be like a you know hundreds of thousand. There's only three thousand of them, and those people who get in and get in early and they want a vinyl, they're rewarded. If they want to get a gold, you know, they'll, they're rewarded. We've got it where it's 1500 uh, for the vinyl at one ETH. We've got it where it's 750 uh, for the vinyl gold albums for three ETH, all the way up to a double diamond, the number one, where it's 25 ETH. And we're putting them all out at the same time. And you get you and you get lower numbers as you go through this through the table. Uh, there's about eight levels. And it just we thought it was an egalitarian way. We want as many people as possible to get the uh, NFTs. And at the same time, we wanted people to be rewarded for getting lower numbers because that's really also the collector's value of the NFT. And because it all ties back into real royalties, we, we've just done something unique, we believe. And, and I think this is really going to be the direction most NFTs really want to go to give people some kind of intrinsic value besides just holding the art. Now, here's here's a question that I don't think I know the answer to. So say, for example, the um, there's there's 1500 of the vinyl album NFTs and those are mint numbers 1501 to 3000 and those are going to be one ETH. Now, are if they stake if you stake one of those, is that the same as staking one of the other ones that are lower down? And uh, you know, like if oh I got a diamond album NFT mint number two, does that stake the same amount of band or does that stake the same amount of royalties as a previous one? So so what we did uh, no. So what we did was, if you have, there's three different royalty pools. We'll begin there. Mm -hmm. Every royalty pool requires one individual NFT to tap into it. So you have to make a decision if you want mechanical, if you want publishing, uh, if you want sync, or if you want performance royalties, right? So you've got to make that decision, and then you put your one NFT to it. If you want to be in all three pools, you have to own three NFTs. The only people that actually get a boost are those in the lower numbers. 
So if you get a platinum album NFT, you automatically get dual staking. You get a chance to be in, be able to pick two different royalty pools you could be in. And then the double diamond, you can be in all three royalty pools. And the diamond, you can be in all three royalty pools. So we made it that you get more access the lower the numbers go. Yeah, big fan. And uh, we think that this is going to go over really well with the public. People are going to be excited to not only purchase really beautiful NFTs, uh, but also to have the ability to have utility with them, that they are backed by something legitimate and substantial. Wait a second. Wait a second. Is this going to piss off the the music executives or or are we going to get shot? Man, why why are you worried? Come on, Travis. (laughs) Travis, come on. Come on. So so the question, so that's a good question. You know, I, I look at this from the beginning as hopefully a more successful play than Napster did. I, we all love Napster. In fact, Napster is really one of the uh, key indicators that started this whole crypto thing. So we hope that we'll be more successful because we're, we're layering it. We're giving people a chance and we're being disruptive without being, I guess, jerks about it. Because I, I think there's a, still a place for distribution. We're, we're signed with Orchard Sony. So obviously we believe that, the, that it makes sense. It's it sounds like record matter. labels like it. It sounds like it's that it's they're they're embracing it. Yeah, it absolutely is, and and that, and that's really the thing. Everyone knows the future is here, and they know that if they don't cooperate with the artists and don't figure out a way to make artists really make a living wage off of music that gets streamed and played and recorded and blah blah blah, these artists gonna are gonna have to do something different. And the pandemic made it clear. And they don't want to be cut out because otherwise artists just sell by themselves in silos directly to the fans. And that's a hit or miss scenario. Yeah. Like Tom McDonald, like he does all of his stuff all on his own. He has no record label. He has no other people in his band. It's just, he writes the songs, makes the beats and writes the videos and does the video. Like nobody's in his, in his business. Right. That's unique. And then, but not, but not everybody's built for that. Not every artist wants to do that, but they still want to be in a system that's fair to them. To, not everybody wants to be in the 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 work to do all the items that require music, but they still want to have a fair pay. And that's really the key of it, that we want to make sure that it's fair and, and accessible. So we believe the band royalty uh, is whole entire NFT and ecosystem will be the will be the whole next wave for that. May 5th. Cinco de Mayo is the day. Bandroyalty.com is the site. We're grateful uh, that you guys invited us to join you on this project. We're very excited about it and uh, hope that you guys out there are as well. Of course, as always, do your own due diligence. We're not financial advisors, but we do love sexy NFTs. So thanks, Noble. We appreciate you coming on today. Hey, thanks, guys. Always happy to be with you. Now you guys understand why we're excited about band royalty. In fact, I know the sale uh, doesn't start until May 5th, but apparently uh, some whale heard us interview Barnaby Anderson, the other half of the partnership of band royalty on the Nifty show, and they wanted to buy the last NFT which is, I think it went for 25 ETH. It's a one of one. And mm-hmm. so that one's already gone. Uh, so even before the sale starts, the rarest one in the bunch has been purchased. You know what? I think that I think that just goes back to the thing that you said in one of the previous episodes recently where you said, uh, you don't get what you don't ask for, right? right? And so if you want something in life, 
ask, right? And you shall receive. I always tell my kids is that, you know, very rarely is the ship of opportunity just going to dock itself right beside you. A lot of times you have to swim out to the boat of opportunity and do a little work. That's, that's what it's all about. And uh, ask and you shall receive. If that person hadn't asked, guess what they wouldn't have got? They wouldn't have got. So it's at least worth asking. Although what's the worst case you, they're going to hear? No. That is the worst thing that happens is you hear the word no, and you're no worse off than you were to begin with. Uh, so when Mogul Productions said, hey, we want to work with you, and uh, reached out to them and explored what they were doing. And this has to do with the movie industry. We've actually got two completely different interviews that are coming, but we're really fortunate to have connected with a superstar artist for this next piece. We talk about him plenty in the interview, so I'm going to let uh, it just speak for itself. Here is our interview with Rob Pryor. Set the Wayback Machine for 1977. I was just 13 years old. Star Wars came out, and I will never forget going to the Edens Theater in Northbrook, Illinois, on uh, on Edens Highway. And it was one of the first theaters that had the 70 millimeter screens. The line went around the building because everybody was waiting to see this new film called star wars star wars life changing yeah. and i'm not the only have one with us today mark hamill <laughs> <Star Wars. laughs> exciting yeah well Ooh, uh, not mark hamill uh I... but darth vader's here <laughs> <laughs> just in my soul uh the voice Very you nice. hear is the voice of one rob Pryor. And uh, Rob is a comic book artist, very talented guy who's worked with Marvel, DC, Todd McFarlane, Image Comics. He's he's worked on uh, Star Wars, The Force Awakens. He's in the credits for Game of Thrones, Buffy, The Vampire Slayer, Termit the Terminator, Heavy Metal Magazine. He's storyboard stuff. He works on major ad campaigns. He's worked with Dungeons and Dragons. The list goes on. He's going to be releasing an NFT on a platform that I recently discovered called Mogul Productions. Now we're gonna go more in depth on Mogul in a future interview. Uh, we're gonna talk to Rob today though, because we don't wanna talk so much about blockchain as we wanna talk to this dude about all the cool stuff he's done and what he's got coming next. That's enough words for me, Rob. Welcome to Bad Crypto. Yo, Mabel, I love it. You call me Mabel? I love it. That's good. Yeah. No, I He's uh, just so you know on his Zoom, on his Zoom his name is Cora Jean and Esther for some reason so I changed mine to Gertrude and Mabel and Joel changed his to Joel Com just left yeah. it there <laughs> I'm just gonna give it as my is. grandma's name is Mabel nice. fantastic I love it so we're gonna start calling uh, you Lady Gertrude Travis that's that's who I identify I identify as Gertrude now. <laughs> If I need to be, if I, if, if the long, if the line's too long at the men's restroom, I just, I'm, I'm Gertrude now. You it know, works. it works. It works either way. It's perfect. That <laughs> is. Well, I want to actually share my little Star Wars story because I was four and my aunt was so, she, she, she went to go see it and she was like, oh God, this is, this is going to scare Travis. He won't, he will not like this at all. And my mom was like, we're taking him. And I was like, oh, my God, that was the coolest thing I've ever seen. It was in Joplin, Missouri at the I don't know what theater, because I don't remember it that vividly. But uh, cool story, huh? 
I, I saw it at Showcase Cinemas in Toledo, Ohio. So, you know, all from the Midwest. Very nice. Very nice. That's Welcome to the are. show, Rob. Thank you guys it. for having me. You know, this is, uh, this is, this is great. It's wonderful to see your, your lively and fun faces. We're, uh, we're really excited about Mogul. So excited that we are now um, advisors on the project. And we thought before we jumped into the project, itself in detail we wanted to talk to you um, because you're working on some cool nft projects but before we get to there um you know i i know in the introduction i talked about a lot what you've done but do you want to fill in any of the gaps there uh sure i started uh i started professionally when i was 13 um lying about my age actually with uh huh. with tsr dungeon and dragons my dad would actually answer the phone and um he would pretend he's me because they weren't gonna hire a 13 year old so he'd be like yeah sure we can get that covered on he'd cover the phone he'd look at me and he'd go can you do it I said, sure okay um but, that's an awesome yeah, dad been, right there <laughs> he was lying well, on I your was behalf being, in business great job <laughs> it, was, it was i learned a lot and um <laughs> And I learned how to impersonate. Um, but uh, no, I've been I've been an artist for God forever. And, um, you know, I paint on stage with bands like uh, Linkin Park, Jay-Z, Tech Nine. So I paint live while they're while they're performing um, and I direct movies. So that's sort of my life in a in a nutshell. Yeah, that's that's I'm looking at this as well. So primarily with 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 marvel and dc and todd and todd mcfarlane and some of his other ones like was you also like with star wars were you doing comic books on that or were you doing some of the like the visual effects like how, how leveled up have you well, gotten with, on your artwork well well with star wars um i mostly do um or mostly have done all the way in the past uh fine art just like the fine art and the sales and the and the all of that um I've done, you know, storyboarding throughout. Um, so yeah, I do, but with the star Wars stuff, mainly if you even, you know, if you go to like my Instagram or whatever, you'll see just a ton of star Wars art, tons and tons of it. What is your Instagram? So our folks can go take a look at that. Uh, it's Rob Pryor art. And you can, uh, you can tell it's me because it's a guy standing there painting two paintings at one time. Nice. You like, like, like got some Da Vinci stuff going on. You can do it with, you're like with both hands ambidextrous. I I don't know how to. I don't know how anybody paints with one hand. Seriously, <laughs> I, I, I mean, you could give me ten hands and I can't paint. Uh, I'm gonna look at you. That is awesome right there. Usually we uh, uh, the bad crypto is is an audio podcast, but I think we're gonna put this uh, interview with you up on our YouTube also because the visuals here are so amazing. So if you guys want to see what we're looking at right now. I mean, he has got uh, Emperor uh, um, Darth Sidious in his left hand, and he's got Yoda and Obi-Wan and Luke Skywalker in his right. These these massive, uh, you know, canvases or paper, whatever it is you're on, and you're going to town. Oh, man. When I'm on stage, you know, it's it's crazy because uh, if anybody's, you know, see me, see me on stage, I paint to the music but i usually paint with my eyes shut i know it's weird i i don't know when i'm shutting them but there's you know i didn't even know until my wife told me actually 
Did you like make a deal with the devil or something? I mean, how does that, (laughs) you know, every year I have to sign in blood, but it's worth it. Is that the crossroads? Um, Is that where you normally got to do that? It is. Yeah. I've I've been hanging out with some old, uh, you know, blues singers and ending on the crossroads. That's beautiful. It's been fantastic. Your artwork is amazing, dude. I'm sitting here looking at this going like, whoa, like you, thank you. So, so, so let me ask this when you're doing it at, at a, at a concert, like, what does that entail? Are you just sort of like taking a, a, an expression from the moment? Are you just feeling into the vibe of the songs? Are you painting the artist while you're doing it? Like, wow, look at this. Uh, de- it kind of depends. Um, uh, I got to tell you, that picture was actually because my knees were hurting. So I was like, I can't, I can't duck. So I just turned around and painted. Who, who is um, this? Who are we looking at here? Uh, that was that was Flow Rider. So I painted on stage with Flow um, oh, a few times now. But uh, it's my house. Uh, he was he, he was like, "This is my house. You're painting my house." <laughs> <laughs> you know what, what's funny though is when I'm into the beat and I'm into the music, um, I just want to keep going. And he stopped the entire concert to come over, and I was like, "Because uh, I have I have re- I have really bad stage fright." So as soon as he did that, I looked up and like everybody's looking at me. I'm like, "Oh God." this is just sing again please sing well they probably were um, like who's this guy on stage what the hell is he doing because you it looks like you're painting on the floor <laughs> i just turned around backwards uh just for a little bit um okay so most, I was gonna say, you got a real canvas i was like that's that's kind of like what's that guy doing on the floor so you got a big oh you got a big old easel up there then okay <laughs> that picture looks like you were literally on the ground sitting about to paint with your ass that that's well normally that's what i do is i just put you know paint on my on you know different colors on each cheek and just slide around and pray Very to god clever. it looks like something <laughs> there's the there's one more uh, there's one more file that uh, that we have here with your bio and i'm not exactly sure what to expect it's a video called cut you down is this like a oh yeah it's um it, it's something that um there's a, a company out there that wants to do a uh, uh documentary on me and what they want to do is actually um i went to africa and painted um in the wild not too long ago uh and i really loved it it was great so the company has reached out and i can't say exactly who it is at the moment but uh, they said would you go back to africa and and paint and i was like Absolutely. So there'll be a doc of me going to Africa and painting in the wild again. I got to tell you, it was some of the scariest things I've, I've, I've ever done in my life because I looked over the edge and then there was like lion pride and, and everything. And I was like, is this safe? And they were like, no. It's like, okay, cool. We'll set up the easel. <laughs> Wait, your easel's not bacon flavored, is it? Or gazelle flavor. <laughs> if so you're in for some trouble. You're in some from troubles, brother. <laughs> well, you know, I was wondering when they were, when they were putting you know bacon grease on my easel. I was like, is this normal? They were like, just just run in about two minutes. <laughs> run real fast and. <laughs> so, so I have a question on some of this stuff here because like you you're doing such the likenesses that you're doing are so photorealistic with your paintings and. What, what are some of the, I'm curious on this. I don't know. A lot of these are commissioned, but like your, your talent is so, so specific and it looks, you know, exactly who you're looking at. And it's almost looks like high def, but you, with your style, 
Now, let me ask you this is like, are you able to, to paint anyone anytime because it's a, it's a painting likeness. What are kind of some of the rights on that? Like if you try to, to you're painting the Joker here, it is, it, it, if, is that not sanctioned by, you know, the, the, the DC, are you not able to do that? Or is like, like because I, we saw something recently about some dude who was doing wonder woman stuff. Cause he was, a, he used to paint one. He used to be a, a comic book artist for wonder woman and he would do wonder woman stuff at comic cons. But then, but then DC came out and said, Hey, you can't do that anymore. Cause we own the rights. Like what kind of rights are there for, for artists who want to sort of create their own fan art versions of the stuff? Okay. So this is, this is the, the, the answer I'll make as short as possible. Um, if you're doing an original painting, that's your, your proof of concept. That's your thing. You can sell that all day long because it's, it, you know, it comes from you, right? You can't replicate it without permission and, you know, paying your fees and whatever. So this is where NFTs come into a really crazy, um, a really crazy uh, space because really, you know, the, the argument now is, is an NFT an original? Um, for me, I say, yeah, it is because if you're going and you're painting for me, I'll paint something, I'll take it back into the computer. I'll change it around a little bit and I'll do something to it. That makes it an original. One of the things I'm doing with, um, with mogul is I'm going to burn the originals. Just going to trash them because I want to make sure that the proof of concept, that the NFT is the original. There's only one that's it. And that's what I'm going to do. Uh, so yeah, the, the, one of the ones I'm doing is Wolf of Wall Street. I'm going to burn that on one of the days that I'm, I'm posting. Are you actually burn Jordan Belfort? Because I think Joel uh, wouldn't mind that. He doesn't like that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Fry him. Um, and then, um, and then there's the, the next one I'm doing, which is a Star Wars one. Um, I'm going to offer the audience. They can either, whoever buys it, can either have the original I'll roll it up into a nice tightly sealed thing and they'll, they'll get it or they can choose its own destruction. So, uh, you know, a couple of the ways is I drop it into a couple of buddies of mine, special forces and we blow it apart with a 50 cal, um, you know, stick a dynamite, whatever. Like why, like if I had the choice of to get your amazing art, that's like, you know, a perfect version of it mailed to me or watch it destroyed. Like, why would I want it destroyed? I don't think I would. You know, there are so many people out there, though, that, that just are, are so into making sure that that NFT is the only one. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if that's the case, psh, sure. Why not? You know, it'll it'll be fun. It's sort of cathartic, you know, mm-hmm. take a machine gun to it. Where where can I find this uh, Wolf of Wall Street um, work of art? I want to see this here so we can show what it is that you're selling and destroying. Here it is. I figured it out. <laughs> oh, so there we go. We got uh, the wolf yep. with uh, with and like they will be dripping. animated too. By the way, really? Yep. So they will be animated. Uh, and let me see if I can bring up the uh, the Star Wars one. For so you nobody's quickly. seen these. This is like this. You, we just had a world premiere right here on Bad Crypto. You literally are. You are literally getting a world premiere. Okay, so oh, let God. me understand. Prior premiere. Before you go on the Star Wars one, that Wolf of Wall Street one, you have hand uh-huh. created that, and you're going to turn it into an NFT that is going to be a one of one, oh. sold and auctioned on the Mogul Productions 
platform. And once that's sold, you're destroying the physical work. Absolutely. That one's getting destroyed no matter what. I'm going to take it out to my backyard. I'm going to get the grill and I'm going to put on my little grilling hat and just going to torch it. And you're going to film that, right? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go live with that. And you're going to turn that it, into an NFT. Into an NFT, both animated and then plain. And um, yeah, and most people are, are like, you know, who, who's that? Who's that? crazy fucker out there that's burning a $30,000 painting. Me! Me! He's like, I made it. I'm going to destroy it. I'm the creator and the destructor. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then the other one is um, that is the uh, that's the other one. Now, you'll be able to, you know, the, the person buying this will be able to go um, do we, uh, you know, do I destroy it or do I send them the original? So and then there's a third one that I'm going to paint live as well. Um, I'm going to do a Deadpool live. Mm. So what medium? What is this? Is this like a watercolor kind of? Because it looks like it, it, you can see the runs kind of coming out. So it reminds me of watercolor. What kind of paper are you are you uh, painting on? Uh, I'm I'm using uh, Canson uh, Aquella, uh, 120 pound paper and um, 140 pound paper. And uh, I'm using, it's like watercolor. It's called gouache. So it's a lot thicker. And gouache? if I want to go opaque, gouache. If I oh. want to go opaque, I can go opaque. And if I don't want to go opaque, then I just let it run. And most of my paintings, you know, if you guys are, you know, looking at them, they're, they're all drippy and runny. It's like yeah, controlled it's, it's chaos. It's really cool. Well, it's like you I'm throw paint. Batman one. You, you got all these Batman do, all the time. time. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah. It's just oh, so cool. Like you, you get the Adam West all the way through to uh, Ben Affleck versions. Like this is like that is one of the coolest pieces of art. Like I mean, if you sold that as a freaking NFT, like <laughs> everybody's gonna want that. I think it would be the would be bit, the outr be outrageous bids. Oh man! Uh, well, you know what? Make sure you guys get me your addresses, and I'll get you a couple prints sent out. Sweet. Oh, man. Well, listen. It's when you're crazy. really ready to level up. You know, you, you've been playing around with, you know, these performers and movie stars. But when you're really ready to level up, you can paint myself and Travis and do a, you know, a bad crypto piece. Dude, Gertrude and Mabel strike again. This is this is amazing. Oh, my God. You finally, you finally arrived, Rob, when you get to paint T-dubs and Joel. I got to leave this I mean, podcast this is, now. Yeah. <laughs> Well, let me ask you this as we uh, get ready to close out here. When does the NFT sale happen? Um, I believe it happens on the 28th, uh, 28th of this month. Of April. So for those of you listening yes. to the show right now, uh, this episode comes out on Sunday night. So that is the 25th. So the auction is on Wednesday, the 28th. Uh, for those of you who are listening to us from the future, it's 2021. So if you're listening to past episodes, you missed it. Uh, but Mogul Productions. I thought we were in 1977. Well, we we stepped oh. back to the future. Oh, okay. Stay with well, us, Marty. We gotta go different places. <laughs> this is a, this is a multi-dimensional podcast, Marty. <laughs> Mobile Mogul M O G U L Productions dot com is where you'll be able to uh, to find this and um, and get this NFT. I think you have to be a pass holder 
on um, on Mogul and own Stars, which is their crypto. If you want to create an account, go to my.mogulproductions.com so you can have a chance at this. I, I love that you're torching this piece. I think that that's just that's fantastic because it is now true ownership, right? Uh, all the other art, if anybody's created something by hand, they've got this physical piece and they make an NFT of it. The owner of the NFT can't really say, well, I've got the only one in the world. You've got the only NFT, but this work is actually hanging on a wall somewhere. Not with this piece. Right. Nope, not with this piece. And, you know, any of the NFTs I do in the future, I'm going to offer the same kind of thing. Um, You can choose to destroy it or I can roll it up and send it to you. Either way, the originals are in one place and that's it. Mm. And what you could actually do is that since you're destroying the original art piece, you're not stuck with having to only do one piece, right? Because it's like if you want it, you could you you can do them. You could do twenty one of them, or you could do a hundred of them, and that way more people get a share in the art and enjoy it and, and delight and having it on the wall. I mean, you've got some of these amazing pieces. Like you're, I mean, if you if you guys go out there and, and you're on Instagram, Rob Pryor, P R I O R Art, Rob Pryor Art. Man, is Snoop Dogg's crazy. The the Beastie Boys one's <laughs> unbelievable. Like, thank you. Like all these famous people throughout time that you've seen, and the, the Star Wars stuff is just unbelievable. Bruce Lee, phenomenal. You you put together some amazing, amazing pieces, and I'm I'm looking at this and I'm like, how is there only 140 likes on this thing? This, this, this you should have <laughs> tens of thousands of likes, man. You, these are this the artwork is literally mind blowing to me. It's there will be once he does. Um, Joel and Travis. That's when his career is really going to take off. You know what? So I do this really, really. So uh, I do a live an Instagram live every Wednesday. And if we plan it, what I will do is I will paint you guys on the show. I will just get me, get me some high res pictures. I will paint you guys. You guys come on. Now I got to tell you, it's literally the dumbest show in the world. We, it's me, my two sons, and my main apprentice. And it is, it's just jokes and painting the entire time. God, and we perfect. open the show with sock puppets. Hell so, yeah. Hell yeah. Amazing. I'll even, I will tell you what, I will even make my own sock puppet to be ready for the show. Dude, you know what? If you make your own sock puppet, you guys got to come on. Uh, you come on, come on my show. You'll have four people watching you. Um, come on my show, and and uh, and we'll just I'll paint you guys, and we'll just have a blast. I love it. You know, um, I teach my kids, and and did uh, from the moment that they understood English at all that if you don't ask, you don't get, and they always wonder how you know how so much weird and wacky and wild and wonderful stuff happens in my life. And I tell them it never hurts to ask. And, and I wasn't even asking. I just put it out there and you're, you're so cool. You're like, hell yeah, I'll paint you. Dude, come on, come on. It'll be, what we'll do is we'll figure it out. We'll figure out a Wednesday that, uh, that works for you guys. And uh, it's four, it's four o'clock Pacific standard time. Come on. I mean, uh, I, last week I had Tech Nine on. A few weeks ago I had Alanis Morissette on. Mm. Tech Nine's Come a on. Kansas City dude. I, li- I live here in yeah. Kansas City. He's a KC guy. I One of my dearest this. friends, have you, man. Have you, have you done any Beatles stuff? I have not yet. Believe it or not, out of all of the paintings, I haven't done a Beatles oh one yet. Oh, my gosh. 
I know, right? So I'm, that one's that one's in the works right now because okay. those, those sort of go under my my own yeah, that personal would be a things. NFT. Um, I, that would be that would be a great one. Oh, um, I, ideas, I a, my brain's already going. Doo, doo, doo. What about? Doo, 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 doo. Dude, fire them off. You I think you guys me. have my email. So. Yeah, but well, we, we know where you live just... now. We actually we're on our way. We'll be over for lunch here in just a few minutes. Uh, listen, fantastic. Rob, is, I'll I'll cook. This is great. No um, we will definitely uh, we're going to finish up our little talk here, but stick around for a minute so we can talk about some other things that the rest of the audience isn't privy to yet. Uh, MogulProductions.com <laughs> Wednesday the twenty eighth. You guys need to go check out this NFT. This is a cool opportunity to do this. And uh, Rob, both Travis and I, through the power of spending just a few dollars, are Scottish landowners. Uh, how much land do we own, Trav? I believe it's about a meter, perhaps. You know, maybe about a, a meter. meter, maybe less than it. Not sure. Quite. So what we're exactly. so he is Sir Lord Travis, and I am Sir Lord Joel. Uh, by virtue of us being Scottish landowners, we are donating a square inch to you, and we now bequeath you with this coin. And your name is uh, Sir Sir Rob the Destroyer. Sir Rob the Destroyer, right? This is going to be great. Collectively, we got two square meters, and we just given you a centimeter. Yeah, mm. well, it's, yes. yeah, about that much. Yes, yeah. well, not that oh, much. My life like is like less fulfilled. than a centimeter, whatever that is, like a decimeter. Dude, you rock. That's probably more. Thanks for the lols. Thanks for coming yeah. on today and sharing. And we hope everybody will absolutely. Go I'll stick on for a bit. All right. You're our kind of people, man. You are bad as it comes, brother. <laughs> is that dude awesome or what? My goodness, I did not know what to expect with this, but this guy is doing amazing stuff. He's doing live paintings of pop culture icons. He's going up on stage and and creating events. And the guy is a master with two hands at the same time. Dude, that just blows me away. And you know what really blows me away is this guy has like 115 likes on an Instagram post or like, 130 i'm like are you shitting me like how is like uh, anybody who likes any of these like like amazing rap artists that he's done or any star wars fans or you know any music fans or any pop culture fan like this guy is creating amazing stuff rob Pryor, p-r-i-o-r rob Pryor art go follow this guy on instagram this stuff is amazing and guess what else is amazing well isn't there something amazing maybe going to happen on wednesday yeah, well, we talked about it um, in uh, in the interview. It's going to be on Wednesday, May 5th, Cinco de Mayo, which happens to be my birthday. Uh, he goes live on his Instagram at 7 o'clock Eastern, um, and we're going to find a way. I'm going to see if we can get him to broadcast to our YouTube channel as well, but he's going to paint us. We're going to have a painting party, and he's, he's going to paint us, and uh, he's going to give us the original artwork, which is really generous, and full rights – to the NFTs that we can make with them as well. So we're going to have some surprises about what we're going to do with those. But how cool is it that this guy who's painted all kinds of, you know, famous people is going to paint us? Yeah, go look at his Instagram. I'm telling you, you're going to be blown away. That Batman that he did, like each version of the Batman from Adam West to to the the last one, who was who was the last Batman? Uh, ben Affleck? I, I, I don't know. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm just Batman. I'm not. Who's Ben Affleck? Screw that guy. 
Yeah. You know, you're just bad dad, man. Just, yeah, I'm bad man. Yeah. It, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm really flattered that he would do that, but he, he is so cool. I mean, you had to enjoy that interview as much as we did. The dude's just down to earth. Um, he understands he's humble. You know, he doesn't take his talent for granted. He wants to do good. And so we're going to make sure that we do good with the resulting product. That is usually the time we do the hero report for our blockchain heroes community. So we're going to delay the hero report, the that portion of it until after his stream. But everybody's going to be invited to, you know, this stream first. Yep gonna be cool and what a what a generous dude and i think we're, we're making that putting that video up on youtube right oh absolutely we're definitely now i don't know if it's gonna go live on youtube but we're gonna cat we'll no, figure no, no, it no, out no. the interview that we just did oh yeah the interview with rob because there's some visuals in there you can go to our youtube channel on uh, uh it's uh, badco.in forward slash youtube We'll take you there and you can see that interview with rob so the visuals that you're hearing about mm -hmm. you can see them Go subscribe to eyes. our channel. Do that. It's because we're doing a lot of stuff live now. We're doing a lot more uh, interviews. We do the Nifty Show that always pops up on Fridays. You listen to our voice a lot on the podcast, but maybe take a look at us on the YouTube every once in a while. At least subscribe over there if you've not done that. Like We got a big kick in the crotch from YouTube a couple years ago. They banned our account for two years, so we don't even have 10,000 followers over there yet. We'd like to get that up to that. We got like 10 million downloads of our show, but we can't get 10 thousand subscribers to our youtube channel i don't understand the math but i would love to have some support over there to get us to the, over the hump to ten thousand. yeah so that way when they uh, ban us again it'll be more significant we'll really feel it yeah true. <laughs> they banned us early like september of 2017 like we had just gotten started and um so we missed out on a huge uh you know amount of connecting to different audiences i think from that but it is what it is. YouTube can eat a bag of dicks sometimes and uh, because they're always banning people. They don't, I don't like what you have to say. Get out of here. Get off my lawn. Oh, they're a private company. They can do what they want. Okay, great. Wait until AT&T or Verizon tells, I don't like who you're talking to on the phone. They're a private company. They can do what they want. Mm -hmm. uh, Sir Lord Travis, uh, before we close out, how about you let the good folks of the Republic of Bad Cryptopia know about our other sponsor? The other sponsor of this episode is Prime XBT. They are a, an award-winning trading platform. I believe they have 50-plus assets over there, not just crypto stuff. You can trade Forex, commodities, stock indices, uh, and other cryptos all in one place. Multiple screen support, uh, so you can check more assets at once. They got some really cool charting type things, and you can do some peer-to-peer -peer copy trading stuff as well. So check them out at Prime XBT. You can do that at badco.in forward slash prime, P-R-I-M-E, X as in xylophone, B as in Bitcoin, and T as in Travis. 50% first deposit bonus with promo code BadCryptoPodcast. Good deal. So thanks, everybody, for listening to the show. We hope this was as entertaining to you as it was to do these interviews. And as always, do your own due diligence and don't invest in something that you don't understand. Uh, I don't know about you, Travis, but I'm having a lot of friends and family members and peers, people I haven't heard from in a while, saying, what do you think of this coin or that coin? And, and I tell them the same thing that we tell you guys. I don't give financial advice. Here's how to go start educating yourself. Go to YouTube and watch videos, but don't watch the ones that are like, is this coin getting ready to moon or pump? Like that's, that's bad. Like look for 
real education that answers your real questions, but don't take financial advice from a YouTuber. You got to do your own research and decide, you know, what your what the risk is, uh, weigh what the potential rewards and the loss are, because, uh, look, you know, there's people out there. They want your money and you don't want to get eaten alive. That's right. So don't listen to those YouTubers. Listen to those bad podcasters instead. Well, I'm not, we teach you we, how to stay bad. Yeah, we do. But we don't give financial advice. Dude, we barely able to handle ourselves. We can't be giving advice. Actually, it's like, what I like to point you in the right direction sometimes. And I'm like, here's some things that I'm thinking. I'm mean, Here's some things that I'm doing. But I'm not going to tell you what to do with your money. And that always bothers me. It's like, what should I do with it? Just tell me what to do. I'm like, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I don't know what to do. Figure out what you want to do. Mm-hmm. But do something. But I do like the one piece of advice that you gave people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that one part? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, you didn't. Oh, yes, I did. When you yes, told you people did. to stay back. Oh, yes. yes I did. Who's bad? The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoins and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.